and welcome back to the Steph Gorton Show. I am joined today by a friend, a colleague, a legend, a superwoman, super mom, super entrepreneur, Carmen Strong. I am so excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. Look, the reason that I wanted to get Carmen on is because she is honestly one of the most impressive women I have ever come across, especially in the business world. Carmen has, I guess you could classify it as like four businesses, but they kind of all fall under one umbrella. So you have Little Strong Home, which is, I guess, has probably been your baby since the start, which is a home organizing. Um, guys, go check it out. It's so incredible, the Instagram. Um, so much pantry porn. <laughs> Um, So Little Strong Home, we have Lux Labels, which is labels that help you organize your pantry, like a really beautiful side addition to that. We have Honey and Ivy Pots and also Carmen, you're an influencer. Like, oh my gosh. And not only that, but you work as a coach and also the community manager within our PMP Mastermind. Crazy when you summarize it like that. (laughs) Incredible. And you have two children and an organized home for the most part. (laughs) How do you do it all? Oh, I don't. I don't sometimes, but at the most part, I give it my best shot. I try my best and it just happens to fall into place. I feel like I'm multi-passionate. So if I love what I do and I feel like it's um, not really working, it sort of just becomes lots of little side hobbies and side hustles that have become one big business. Oh, and absolutely incredible. So tell for anybody who doesn't know Carmen Strong here, who's Carmen Strong and what does a day in your life look like? Good question. All right. Well, (laughs) I am Carmen. That's who I am. I'm 31 years old. I am a mama of two and I have a beautiful husband named Jared. A day in the life of me and what that looks like. It is very different every single day. No two days look the same. But for the most part, we get up in the morning with the kids. I do on my own because hubby commutes to Sydney. So I've got the mornings with the kids myself. Normally starts around 6am and then get the kids ready, do my morning non-negotiables, which for me are super, super important to running all my businesses and keeping my family on track and for the most part, calm and collected and not chaotic, which I find is probably the key to how I run all my businesses and how I keep my family home organized and myself organized because otherwise I would just spiral completely out of control if I wasn't scheduled, routined and had non-negotiables to stick to. And then I do school drop-off and when I come back from school drop-off, I position myself in the office at home. So I work from home for the most part and do a lot of my stuff digitally. There are times where I do go out and service clients in home on the Central Coast Um, and they are normally at the back end of the week. And I like to position my Mondays and Tuesdays as sort of admin days and working on my business, not in my business and working for you. And then at the back end of the week, I spend a lot of that time out and about in the field, working with clients and styling and organizing clients' homes and pantries and things like that. And then of an afternoon, I get back after picking up the kitties, take them to afternoon sport or dancing or whatever that might be. And clock off from my businesses and spend time as mama and do the evening hustle and the evening grind of bathing, dinner, cleaning up, unpacking school bags, homework, cleaning the house, all those sorts of things, cooking dinner, getting the kids off to bed to sit down and have a a little bit of peace and quiet with 
Jared. And then normally after that, I step back into my business for a little bit because Jared does go to bed quite early because he gets up early and I'm not an early bird. I am definitely somebody that works really, really well of an evening time. So I do spend a little bit of time with Jared before he goes to bed and then I get back into work, whether that be working on myself and self-development, doing you know the PMP mastermind course with you or any of the the other things that I try and work on, read some books on, you know, self-care or even just self-development. And then, yeah, I head off to bed and I get about, I like to say six to eight hours sleep. I probably get six hours sleep a night, but that is the pinnacle for me. Six hours, I thrive off. I know a lot of people need eight hours. My husband is probably the person that needs 10 hours, but I thrive off six hours worth of sleep. So that is a bit like my routine, but sometimes I know that I need a bit more. So I like to say six to eight hours. Yeah. That's a day in the life of me. Incredible. And we're going to like, I want to peel back some of those layers because I think what impresses me most, first of all, as a client and second of all, as a colleague, and then now as a friend. I think something that really inspires me about you is that like, I've never once heard you complain about the motherhood juggle. I've never once heard you like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I know, we all know, everyone knows it's hard, right? Like I'm not a mum, but I'm fully aware that it is hard. Like I've heard that from every mother from here to, you know, it doesn't matter where in the world you are. Like it's tough to be in business and to have children as well. But something I really love about you is that, yeah, you never complain about it. And it's always just, you take it in your stride. It's just part of what you do. And I really love that. But I think that so much of that comes down to just how committed you are to your daily non-negotiables. I really think that so much of what makes you successful in the way that you can manage all of these things and do it with such grace and always be positive and optimistic and always, you know, have space and time for others. Like you always are checking in on us. You are always checking on our clients. You are always giving them the energy, time, love, and, you know, support they need. And to have that full cup, to be able to fill others' cups, even when you have so much on your plate. I mean, you run those four businesses and they're all very successful businesses. Like you're killing it. And so to do that, can you talk to me a little bit about what those kind of non-negotiables look like in the morning and the evening? Yeah, totally. So for me, non-negotiables are exactly what they are. They're non-negotiables. And they are probably going to look very different for me as they are for many other people out there. But there's something that I commit to that probably started off originally as much of a chore. And they're not things I enjoy doing at all. I don't get up like, yeah, I can't wait to do my daily non-negotiables because they're chores. They're things around the house. So in the morning, for example, it's as simple as making sure that I take the washing out of the washing machine, hang it up or put it in the dryer if it's raining, making sure that I unstack the dishwasher so that as the day progresses, the items that pile up in the house and the household or the mental load that we say, or some people reference it as the mother load because we tend to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders as mums and we tend to be the ones that carry this household burden as such. And they're things that I try and do to make my life a little bit easier and a little bit less stressful and a little bit, you know, more calming to work through the day, particularly now that I work from home, they're more important than ever. Because when I was in my corporate job, I could almost get up and walk away and forget about it and then come back to chaos of an evening. But at the same time, when I work from home, you can't bypass the fact that you have washing there staring at you or that you have dishes full or that your desk is piling up with lunch because you decided to eat lunch at your desk that day. So, The morning non-negotiables are really positioned for me to make sure that I manage 
those household chores daily instead of getting to my weekend where most people would do a day or half a day worth of cleaning or half a day worth of household management or chores. And that doesn't sit well with me because my weekends are very much protected around family time. And I use my morning non-negotiables and my evening non-negotiables to position me so that when I get to Saturday, Sunday, I don't have any chores that I need to do that Mm -hmm. aren't things that I want to do and that become really monotonous and really groundhog day, like, oh, I've got to do this. And it ends up making you wake up in the morning and resent the day because you don't get the chance to get up and go, I'm going to go do this with the kids today, or I get to go do this for me, or I get to go and have a hair appointment. Oh no, because I've got to get up and clean. So the morning non-negotiables are literally household chores, unstacking the dishwasher, getting the washing out, wiping down the benches after we're done for the day, doing a quick vacuum, a really quick tidy up of those kids' toys, because there's nothing worse than staring at Lego on the ground or tripping over it or fumbling or anything like that because you're just not set up for success or being able to run those businesses successfully because that's all you're thinking about. And I froth this because it's something that we teach, obviously, with our mastermind a lot, which is structure creates freedom. And what I'm listening to and what I'm hearing, I think what the audience will be hearing as well, if you're listening, is it's discipline. And what we're talking about here is discipline. And it isn't fun. Like discipline's never sexy. Like discipline is like, it's never sexy. But do you know what's sexy? Having an entire Saturday to be able to do what you want to do because you were disciplined in the week to get the stuff done, right? How long would your morning and evening kind of non-negotiables or routines take you on a standard day? It wouldn't take very long at all. I've got them down pat and I used to start with a timer. I actually used to put on 15 minutes and whatever got done in that 15 minutes, that was it. And anything outside of that didn't matter. But I used to use that to really push me and to motivate me and to encourage me to do it because it was such a groundhog task. I was like, I don't want to do this, but I know I need to. And now I still think it probably only takes me 10 to 15 minutes. If I add another task here or there, maybe 20 minutes max. But what it does do is that 20-minute pain brings me so much gain later on. The fact that I can go to bed with a clear mind knowing that the dishes are done and that the washing's happening whilst I sleep. And when I wake up in the morning, I walk downstairs. I'm like, ah, it's such a breath of fresh air to walk down and see no visual clutter because that visual clutter and that visual mess as such, I'm not necessarily cleaning and deep cleaning sinks or anything like that. I'm just removing visual clutter. Mm. That's really ultimately what I'm doing. But you've been expert in this because that visual clutter, like, and I think anyone listening will totally know what I mean. I don't know if you were always like this, but beforehand, like walking into a room full of clutter first thing in the morning, what does that do to somebody? Like, how does that affect their day? Oh, it instantly makes you stop you in your tracks. It makes you go, okay, I need to deal with that first before I can deal with anything else. It's almost like waking up on the wrong side of the bed, almost like rolling out of the wrong side of the bed and your day is starting off on the, you know, the wrong side instead of actually waking up and going, I've got this. Whatever comes my way today, whatever hurdles, you know, come across my path, I'm going to be able to combat it. You're almost already setting yourself up for failure because mm-hmm. you haven't given yourself the ability to actually go, I'm walking into the day on the, you know, rolling out of the right side of the bed, or I'm walking into the day feeling like I'm in control. And I think ultimately the summary of that visual clutter is you lack control or, you know, you often hear the saying of outer order is in a calm. It's the same thing, outer chaos is inner chaos. So really, whether it's visual clutter that you see in front of you or whether it's that you haven't set yourself up for the day by doing a to-do list, it's exactly the same thing. It's just really making sure that you know exactly 
what you're walking into for that day and you're setting yourself up for success. I love it. And I think when we circle back to that structure creates freedom, it's it's really, guys, I, it's really hard for females in business to take hold of this structure creates freedom mentality. I think because a lot of the times, you know, women in business, it's like they want to be in flow. A lot of women are really in their feminine energy and they want to be in this flow state, but that flow state is amazing and so nice. And I'm sure that Carmen, all weekend, you're probably in a state of flow um, because you have the structure in your weeks to get everything done that you need to get done so that you can spend an entire weekend in flow instead of waking up in the morning, telling yourself you're in flow, but looking at that outer chaos, feeling like, actually, no, I just need to deal with that first, which immediately puts your flow out of whack because now you don't actually get to do what you want to do. You're immediately doing what other people need you to do straight away, which immediately puts you on the back burner. And we know that you can't pour from an empty cup. And so I think that the structure creates freedom concept that we constantly push into our clients is really around taking a little bit of control and Carmen like the fact that you can stop work spend quality time with your family until I don't know whatever it is 8 9 p.m your time and then go back to work and do a little bit more from that space of like whatever works best for you at that point like that gives you that flow state in the middle of the evening where you can make a mess cooking dinner with your kids and sit on the couch and watch you know crappy tv with your hubby and you know you can have those still have those moments but because you have the discipline surrounding that it allows you to feel in control and like you've got things done so I absolutely love the way that you structure your weeks. And I remember you actually did a presentation on this in the PMP Mastermind. Do you want to talk to us about time blocking and kind of what it means to you? Yeah, definitely. For me, time blocking is essential as a mum. Like if you aren't time blocking or you aren't focused on your calendar and really maximizing the time that you do have without your children to get on top of business, work, whatever that might be, you're really not setting yourself up for success, in my opinion, because you need to really use the tools that are out there to help you get by. And that is pretty much where that mantra comes from, that, you know, outer order, inner calm. And outer order for me is an organized calendar and it's time blocking. And I obviously run multiple businesses. And for that, I have to pick particular days to be in flow with those businesses and time block. So I know on a Monday, I am CEO, I'm doing admin tasks. And I know that from 9 till 11.30, I'm working on social media strategy. And from 12.30 to 1, I'm working on my accounts and reconciling, you know, accounting stuff for my businesses. And then I'm working on my emails in the afternoon. And, you know, I know that particular times of which day when I wake up, I know what is expected of me that day. And of course, things come my way and, you know, hurdles may pop up or things at the school may happen where it's needed. But if I've got it in my calendar, I can actually see pockets of blank time where if something pops up and somebody says, hey, can you help out here? Or, you know, did you want to catch up for lunch? I can be disciplined in saying, well, actually I can because I can move that time block from Monday at 1pm onto Wednesday at 9am and I can make that happen there. So I'm not throwing my week out of whack when something comes my way, whether it be for pleasure or whether it's, you know, something that's a painful hurdle that pops up like a doctor's appointment that we tend to avoid. I know physically because I've time blocked what hours I have where and where I have freedom in my week to be able to do that. But the reality of that is you need to be able to create some freedom in your week by time blocking Mm. so that you actually have those pockets of freedom so that you can move and shift things around and have that flexibility. And that's exactly why I went into business for myself so that I could have time freedom and flexibility 
because I have two kids and one that goes to school and the demands of being a school mum now is very different to the demands of a mum with children in daycare that is a daycare from 6am to 6pm. So it is very different being a school mum now and I think that's been where I've had to be super disciplined in that time blocking and very regimented in what happens on what days and when but also it allows me to be in sync and in flow with those businesses because I run multiple and I know that on a Monday, I'm solely working on which business. Tuesday, I'm working for you. Wednesday, I'm working for Little Strong Home and content creating. Thursday, I work for you. Friday, you know, I'll be doing honey and ivy pots. And I know exactly what I'm waking up to each day. And that really helps me stay in control because when I wake up, I know what's expected of me without even having to write a to-do list with 30,000 things on it. And I think the reason that you do that so successfully is because I think that you're also a realist and you don't set unrealistic goals, right? Like if you can only give, let's say, Honey and Ivy Pot a day or a day and a half or, you know, of your attention, there's realistically only so much that one woman I mean, I know you have help with Honey and Ivy Pots with your family, but you know, even within Little Strong Home or Lux Labels or any of the businesses that you work within, there's only so much you can do. And so it's really understanding your capacity and it's really setting like actually realistic goals around, okay, well, what is actually realistic for me? And also what is important? Because like there is never growth without sacrifice. And for you, it's like you're happy to grow your businesses slowly and sustainably so that you can have those. And like it hasn't happened overnight for you. And it's always been something that has ticked along, ticked along, ticked along. And over time, it's grown, 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 grown. And I know that sometimes you must have that desire to quantum leap, that desire to be like, I just want to be like mega rich, mega famous, like can we just have it all now? But realistically, to do that would sacrifice the quality time, the family time. So talk to me about that, how you balance that desire because I think that that's where a lot of people go wrong. They're like, I want $10,000 a month. I want $100,000 a month. But then when they're working towards that, they're giving up what they it's actually most important to them. Totally, totally agree. And when I first finished up with my day job, I wanted all of that because I was like, I have so much more time, so much more freedom now. I should be able to expect this to fall in my lap but not realized that with that came sacrifice. And my poor husband probably didn't see me for a few months of an evening time because I was so passionate about growing these businesses, but not only for the financial gain, but because I was so excited and so passionate about the fact that I just quit my day job and I really needed to support the family. And I wanted to feel like I was supporting and and committing and doing all of the things that business owners do. And I slowly paired that back when I was like, this isn't fun for anybody because my children didn't get my attention and my husband didn't get my attention. And to be fair, my businesses didn't get my attention because my cup was no longer full. So Mm. I've had to change the approach and go with filling up my cup and making sure that it's overflowing so that I can live in that space of being able to give to others first and myself as the most important so that then everything else comes into alignment from there. And yes, I know that it's going to be a slower burn. And yes, I wake up some days. If you ask anybody in my life, they will probably say I am the most impatient person. But I also know that I do need to be patient with the business side of things. So if, for instance, it was something that was materialistic, I'd be like, yep, I want it. And I wanted it yesterday, like a a beautiful picture frame that I've ordered or a chair or a piece of decor or whatever that might be, some beautiful storage solutions for the pantry. I'm like, I need that now and I want that yesterday because that is what lights me up and brings me joy. But I've had to come to the realization that with the business, yes, it's still lighting me up and bringing me joy, 
but it is going to take time because I'm not willing to sacrifice relationships and I'm not willing to sacrifice the fact that my children may not see me, which is why I originally quit my day job because my children didn't get enough of me as mum and here for them so much more now than what I was in my day job. And I love that about what I do. And I know that that's the reward for me with being patient with my business. The fact that my children are going to grow up with a really present mum that is around to help them with everything. And I just feel that I couldn't give that with my day job as well as running my businesses at the same time. Something had to give. Babe, if you're in business and you're not seeing the success that you want, turn up the volume right now because I'm going to let you in on a little secret. So many times I see clients holding themselves back from the next level and achieving those dreams of five-figure months, working 20 hours and having leads flowing into their inbox with ease because they have stories, narratives and limiting beliefs that keep getting in their way. And I see it so clearly because I was exactly the same. I didn't believe that I could earn six figures, let alone seven, from doing what I loved. I didn't think I had the skills. I was worried about what people thought about me all the time and it was crippling. And there's always been this ever-present, deep-seated fear, what if I'm not good enough? And it held me back so often from my next levels of success and it caused so much pain along the way. If you feel awkward about showing up on sales calls, if you're worried that you're not good enough or qualified enough, if you get sucked into guilt and people-pleasing and you desperately want to believe that it gets to be easy and deep down you want to really believe that you know that it is possible, we have just launched Master Your Biz Mindset, which is an 18-module self-paced course that will help you get unstuck, get out of your own way and give you the no-fluff approach to master your mindset. And just for listening to this podcast, we're giving you a $200 discount if you use the code MINDSET200. So head to the links in the show notes below to master your mindset today. I want to circle back because you said something at the beginning, which I think is the reason why so many people keep pushing, even though it's actually not in alignment with their values. And the thing that you said was, I felt like I wasn't contributing and I felt like I needed to contribute. And it's interesting because you didn't. Like, I mean, you wanted to, but you didn't actually need to. Because when you were able to take a step back and fill your cup, A, you actually had the energy to be able to put into your businesses so you could make a better contribution. But B, like the stories that we tell ourselves, like so many mums like do this sort of thing, right? Like, yeah, of course, like, you know, we need money and we need to make sure we have enough to cover our bills and all those sorts of things. But also you can cut back. Also, you can make different decisions. Also, you can like take back control of a financial situation. Also, like you can ask for more support or have conversations with your partners about what an extended period of time of you being present with the kids would look like and how we could cut back on extra things so that we can make sure that, you know, we're living a life in alignment with with just our values and not just driving for money because that is just a really unhappy lifestyle if we're giving up everything we love so that we can hit a financial goal at what cost, right? And you would hear it all the time within PMP Mastermind especially, but of course, even with clients that you work with all the time within your businesses, it's like, what are some of these stories that you're hearing women kind of tell themselves about time and about money, which are stopping them from creating the actual freedom that they want? Yeah, so I definitely see this often um, and it's happened within myself even and we all go through it. So we probably find that mum guilt is probably the biggest thing that stops us but not realizing what truly mum guilt actually means to us or that fear of doing something. What is that fear and why do we have that 
limiting belief or, you know, something that's stopping us. And really it does come down to that mindset work. And I feel like it's something that I've had to work through over many, many years and it's I'm going to forever have to work through it. It's not going away. But for the stories that other people are telling us, it's probably around making sure that your goals and your values are aligned with what you truly want to do. So for example, and the story that you know, I tell myself all the time is, I wish I had more time to exercise, right? If I truly deep down really wanted to exercise, I would make time. Yeah. And it's the same story that I hear with women that want their homes organized. If you really, truly wanted your home organized, you would make time for it. But what happens is we say we're time poor, we're under the pump, we use these all these excuses, I don't have time, I don't have the money, I don't have the energy, I don't know where to start. You really actually have to peel back those layers and go, okay, if this is truly a goal of yours and you really value your home being organized and you understand the end result and what it actually is going to do for you in here, you'd make the time to work out how to do it, how much it's going to cost, find somebody that can help you, whether it's an expert or YouTube or Google or Instagram accounts, it's the same as fitness. If I really, truly deep down wanted to make a change and make a shift in that, I'd find a way to make it happen. Sure. But for me right now, my problem is time. Mm. But I need it's to the easiest. That hurdle. We always it's use the easiest excuse. It's the easiest excuse because as a society, we've never been more time poor than we are right now because there's more demands than ever before because social media has sold us this lie that we can have and do it all. And it's bullshit in case you're listening to this right now. It's crap. You can't have it all and do it all. And you definitely can't have it all and do it all in three months' time. <laughs> like, totally. And so it's this, we've got to like peel back these layers and be like, okay, what is most important to us right now? And if like we've just recently gone through this in my world, it's like we've really made that shift with health is now a priority. Health has to be a priority for me, right? And it's, and we own a gym and we've owned a gym for like a long time. And like I've been with Tim for five years and we've had a gym the whole time. And it's on year five that I'm like, well, probably should start really prioritizing your health stuff. And you're 100% correct. I always had time. I just didn't, my business was a priority or my parents were a priority or spending quality time with Tim was a priority or other things have been making money was a priority. And that's okay. But it's just about being really honest with yourself and stop using the excuse that there's no time because there is, you just aren't making time for those things, right? That are really important because they're not a value and that's cool, but we just need to be honest about that. So I love that. So really aligning those values with your goals as well and making sure that they actually are in alignment with each other. Carmen, going back to when you first kind of started your business, first of all, tell me, how did you make your first dollar as an entrepreneur? Oh, good question. I feel like I made my first dollar probably many moons ago when I was a child. I've always been business savvy, wanting to have a job. My mum helped me get my first job when I was 14 years old. I used to, I started at Donut King. I worked there for 10 years and I loved it. I ended up becoming you know a bit of a senior sort of manager that they relied on. And I loved it because I was earning money from when I was 14. And you know I felt like I had purpose and I would wake up on the weekend and I felt like I was helping people. And even if it was the little old lady and the little old gentleman that came to the counter and got their coffee and their cinnamon donuts on the weekend, I felt like I really was accomplished at that and at life from such an early age. But how I made my first personal dollar as an entrepreneur, I actually used to make jewelry when I was a child and sell it. And also, I used to actually purchase <laughs> clothing from places like AliExpress, China, eBay, really, really long time ago when that was very first up and coming and new. And I actually used to embellish them. So I'd buy like black tanks and I'd put like feathers on the shoulders and lots of bling. I'm such a magpie for like glittery things. 
and hot pink and stuff like that. And I just really glamorized all of these basic tanks and t-shirts and I used to sell them. So that was how I made my first dollar. That's so cool. I did not know those things about you. I did not know that you were entrepreneurial from a child. That is so awesome and makes so much sense. And touching on what you just said about staying at Donut King for 10 years, you are a stayer. I love your commitment to things that when you go all in, you are all in, right? Because you were Donut King for 10 years. And then before you worked with me and before, I guess, you've really like stepped into your own entrepreneurial um, businesses and quit your day job, you were also working for Cotton On. You were like really high up in Cotton On and managing like huge teams. Like teams, how big were the teams that you were managing? Oh, hundreds. 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 <laughs> hundreds of people. And, and before I go into this question, I just want to love on you a little because you have a genuine passion for helping people. Like that is what you've been put here to do because like even the people that you just mentioned, you were kind of like, yeah, it was like the old lady and Donut King and you know you're 200 like reports I guess at cotton on and then within our business you're just like you just want to help people you have the biggest heart it's so beautiful tell me about what you learned kind of managing teams like that at cotton on and how you now use that information to obviously help people within our mastermind but also to help you within your own business yeah so for me I think the biggest thing is the transformation and whether that be somebody that gets to get a really great cup of coffee or whether that's working at Cotton On where I get to see that teenager that comes in that lacks self-confidence, that gets to go into the you know change room, not sure about what she wants to wear and comes out with a really awesome outfit and feels really great. From that to even then managing teams where I get to see a casual that starts as a Christmas casual that works their way up through the ladder, that gets trained and developed, that then turns into a store manager or a 2IC and then grows the ranks and ends up being, you know, a area manager of a retail company. And I don't necessarily think there's one thing that I'm passionate about as working for one particular company or doing one particular thing. What I'm passionate about is transforming people's lives, whether that's transforming somebody's pantry in their home, whether that's helping somebody style their house so that it feels like a home, whether that's helping them get on top of organizing their children's toy room because it's chaotic for them. It really doesn't stop at you know, one task. And I don't think I'll forever be a professional organizer. I think one day something else will make me really passionate about transforming somebody's life in another way. And I'll probably end up doing that as well. And really the stuff that I've learned from working in a corporate role is really the culture that working as a part of a team brings. And whether that's a team of one person or whether that's a team of 200 people, I'm a really big believer that people work for people. Mm. And, you know, I often used to say the day that I'm not happy with the person that I work with, I will no longer work at that company Mm. and I will no longer work there. And I don't truly believe that my time is up at Cotton On. Like I think that one day I will potentially end up in that corporate role if something was to ignite my passion or it might be somewhere else or, you know, who knows where that is. But I'm very loyal to what I'm doing. And whilst I love it, you will have my full heart, my full attention, my full everything for that period of time until potentially I outgrow that or something changes. And something that stuck with me is, I think it was a saying from Steve Jobs, it's, you know, teach your team or teach your employees so well that they have the skills to leave, but treat them so damn well that they don't want to. And Mm. that is something for me that you know, whether that was a business where I'm working for myself and I do that for my team or whether I'm working for another company like yourself or, you know, working for somebody else in the corporate world, that has been something that's stuck with me for so long because for me, that's really, really important to wake up every day and know that I'm going to transform somebody's life or be a really imperative part of a team or be the person that can make sure that I have the best possible team because of the way that I act and the way that I build a culture 
for the people around me. So whether that be clients, customers, team members, people above me, people around me, that's just something that I wake up every day and know that I need to do. And that's a bit of my purpose. It's so beautiful. And that transformation, I'd love to just like have a little bit of a chat about that because the transformation portion of what you're mentioning here is I, I want to dive into Little Strong Home, which is, you know, organizing, right? And it's pantry and it's home and it's laundry. And you do in home consultations, you do online consultations, you have little mini courses that people can purchase that like DIY because ultimately, like you said, it's about taking back that outer order so that we can have that calm. And I think this leads into so many other aspects. It's like getting that support in your home. So for you to like go into people's homes for a consultation, there's, I think there's a lot of guilt that comes up around this. And I don't know if you see this in your industry, but it's kind of like the same as like getting help with a business or getting a business coach or, you know, hiring a PT or hiring a nutritionist or hiring a cleaner, you know, those things that that often create a lot of guilt. Like I should just be able to do this on my own or I don't really need that support. I should just be able to figure it out. Talk to me about how being able to support people act like in your world and especially with Little Strong Home, how you helping them and, and, and giving them support. I kind of, what comes up for your clients in that process of allowing themselves to be supported? Yeah, totally. So I am the queen of outsourcing. I outsource whatever I can, wherever I can. Obviously, as the budget permits, but I have a cleaner and I'm not afraid to admit that I have a cleaner because the cleaner allows me time to spend with my family and my friends on the weekend and do the things that I love doing. And outsourcing should make your life easier. And the purpose of outsourcing should be to give you time back to do something that you want to do or something that allows you to make more money or whatever that might be. But the things that often come up for people is they don't know where to look, they don't know where to start, and they don't know how to trust somebody. So I think if it's not a mindset block that they're coming to that guilt and that realization that they actually need help because asking for help is something that a lot of mums won't do, don't do, and should do more of. I myself very rarely ask for help, but the help that I do ask for is the stuff like cleaning and, you know, asking for help from my husband around the house when I need it or asking for just some time for self-care. Why do you think women don't ask for help? I think a lot of the time we are house proud and self proud and don't want to come under that illusion of not being able to do it all. And mm. we want to be put on a pedestal and pretend that we can do it all, but it comes at a cost of our own health and our own self care and our own, you know, belief. Relationships. Really. Well, Relationships. Yeah, totally. And definitely. I think that that needing to do it all is, you know, like if you look back, in like the 20s before, you know, the Second World War, the women that were mothers, they didn't do anything else. Like they did one thing and they did it really well and they were house proud and they had all things. But like as World War II came in and all the men got taken away and unfortunately, you know, so many people lost their lives, so many guys lost their lives. Women had to step into factory roles and working roles and working mums and home mums and we didn't lose that house proudness you know, we kept that. We kept this motherhood thing that we're supposed to do so bloody well. We kept, and then we also kept working. And then we added on, oh, we should be, look a certain way. Our body should be this certain shape. We need to look after ourselves. We need to make time for our friendships. We need to, and like, oh my God, no wonder it's crippling women. But I just want to normalize asking for help. I want to normalize, and I know you do as well, normalize getting that support. Like, so if your pantry is out of control and it's one of those things, like talk to me about a little bit, because I really love the paradigms around women here. Talk to me about the triggers that might come up if someone looks at a pantry. It's just a pantry. 
right? It's so totally. simple as it's just a pantry. Surely it couldn't cause that much harm. Talk to me about the triggers that it causes for people. Oh my goodness. Some people won't even bother booking a call with me because they're so embarrassed. They are worried about judgment. They are worried about what it should look like. And they're worried that it actually perceives them as not a good mum. Really, ultimately, that's where it actually comes back to because apparently society tells them that if they have a good pantry, they are a good mum, which is ludicrous to me because even at the best of times, my pantry isn't impeccable. And, you know, I like to share that on my social media. I like to share sometimes that my house is out of control because sometimes social media is pinning everything that people do in this highlight reel as they have these perfect homes and they live in, you know, show homes and showrooms and it's really not the reality of things. So women tend to find that they are embarrassed, I think is probably the overarching emotion that comes through for most of my clients. And it's really taking away that judgmental nature and saying, I have seen it all and I've seen it from somebody that has a perfect pantry that needs is asking help because they don't know where to start because they are embarrassed by it. And to somebody that actually has disabilities, which is, you know, hoarders and things like that. So there is worlds apart of a decent pantry and a pantry that is actually out of control. And there is no shame and no judgment in what I do and nor should they feel that themselves. It's just something that we tell ourselves. It's it's a belief system. It's Mm. something that we wake up and we go, oh my goodness, I'm ashamed of this or I'm embarrassed of this and we absolutely shouldn't be. And it really comes down to the fact that we label it as whether we are good at, at being a good mum or, you know, that we are a good mum or that we're yeah, not. Yeah, totally. Look, you are phenomenal. I love the way that you want to help people. And there's so many ways, like obviously you've just taken over Honey and Ivy Pots as well, which guys go and have a look. They're so cute. Um, You're running workshops. You're doing all of the things, Carmen. You are literally superwoman. Do you have any kind of last advice for mums balancing that work-life entrepreneur and mum life? I'd probably just say to drop the guilt, ask for help when you can. You know, you can't do it alone. You have a family and I always say it takes a village to raise your family and your children and you've got to really lean on them and rely on them. And I have done for some time now, got really beautiful network and really beautiful support. But if you don't, really outsource that. Get a cleaner in to help you or, you know, even get a nanny in or a babysitter to give you some time for some self-care because when your cup is filled and overflowing, that is when you are in absolute alignment and everything else falls into place. And I'm a true believer that when you look after yourself first, everything else falls into place. Yeah, Carmen, you are such a pinnacle of the woman who really embraces that as well and, and who really steps into that. And because of that, opportunities fly to you. They literally fly to you all the time. So if people are wanting to find out more about you, where's the best place to find you? Probably find me over at Instagram at Little Strong Home. I tend to spend a lot of my time on that platform because it's where I have the ability to give back and offer free tips, tricks, and advice. And I share a lot of everything on there. So that's probably the best spot to find me. So if you guys are wanting some tips or tricks, especially around the mum guilt stuff and the the time blocking and the work-life balance and all of that stuff, please slide into Carmen's DMs. She is like, we put her in front of all of our clients to be like, here's how we can take control. Because the number one thing we hear, especially from me, all clients, but uh, clients with kids, which is a lot of our clients because my ideal client has children. And so we attract a lot of mums, which is so beautiful, is it's hard. It's a, it's a really, tr- it's a tough balance. And so if you guys are struggling with that, please slide into Carmen's DMs. I know she would love to have a chat with you. Carmen, thank you so much for your time today uh, and your insights. You have been such a breath of knowledge and fresh air and optimism. And I really adore every moment that I get to spend with you. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. My personal mission is to help women just like you to grow their business and give you the advice and insights you need to make your business go boom. And as part of my commitment to that mission, I have created a mini course called the Boom Your Biz mini course, and I want to offer it to you completely for free. So in this three-part mini course, you're going to learn how to identify and attract the perfect clients that you actually love to work with. You'll learn an easy and effective way to build your core offer and increase the amount of people that actually take you up on that offer and how to generate endless high quality leads absolutely free. Included in this free mini course is exclusive training. I give you templates and processes that you can follow and implement in your business right now to start seeing results straight away. The value of this mini course, guys, is $497, but I'm giving it to you completely for free. So if you're ready to level up and take action, use the link in my show notes to download this mini course. I'll see you next episode.